Greetings and salutations. Hi. I'm Josh Belcher. Get the super sauce. I'll change into my super suit. <laughs> this is Uncharted. Greetings and salutations on this fantastic July 4th holiday weekend edition of the Josh Belcher Uncharted Podcast. A great lineup of all-stars for this week's interviews. We've got Joe Bouchard, original bass player and founding member of Blue Oyster Cult. We've got guitar slinging extraordinaire Terry Corso of Alien Ant Farm. And we have Saf Safari, the most level-headed person and megastar from the Netflix series Tiger King. Hope everybody had an awesome holiday and had a great and safe week. And without further ado, we'll get this podcast rocking and rolling. And away we go. The Uncharted Podcast is proud to welcome legendary bass player for the Blue Oyster Cult, original founding member, Joe Bouchard. Joe has a new solo album called Strange Legends, which is out July 31st. We talk about that and more right now on the podcast. Here we go. Let me say to you, Mr. Joe Bouchard, it's a thrill to speak with you today. I've been a fan a long time. Well, this, thank you. This thank great you so much. New, this new single just came across my lap via email. Uh, love great. it. Very, very rocking. Uh, new albums coming out. Let's. Let's start wherever you want to go. Uh, we can touch the single, uh, the album. Let's, uh, let's just cover it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm I'm easy. I got uh, you. I got all afternoon. So whatever you want to talk about is cool with me. <laughs> that's all. Well, like I said, uh, forget about love, which is the first single. That's the one I got a taste of. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's very groovy. I like the I like the lyric uh, video, and then yeah. came out with the second one. That's a great song, and. Uh, I understand. I did a little bit of research. Did you did you cut this one before? Yes, I did. Uh, I did it about six years ago in uh, 2014, and uh, uh, it, it 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 was popular. It was never a single, uh -huh. and the guy that wrote it, you know, he kept saying, you know, you should you should uh, you should really work that song because uh, it appeals to a lot of people, and. Yep. Uh, I, I think he was right, and uh, so I was happy to redo this one. Also, uh, that album I I was I did mostly like programming drums. Uh huh. And you can you you know I did uh, I did drums on my computer. Yeah. But you know it's not the same as having a real drummer. It's it's like, and I got one of the best. Mickey Curry plays drums on that song. Oh, I know Alice Cooper, and then what Brian Adams and he's Brian like Adams, awesome drums. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and he's the nicest guy. I mean, he's the nicest, sweetest guy. You know, we had we had great sessions in the studio. So for this 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 solo album, I decided I wanted to go back to having a real drummer play on all the tracks, and uh, and it was just uh, it was just great. It made it so easy to. Uh, produce this uh this recording and um yeah i'm well, glad you uh, like it yeah i love it uh so now you just had a drummer you played the rest of the instruments and and uh and, and uh including uh providing vocals yes yes uh forget about love i do everything the guitar wow. lead guitar 
it's nice because there's like leads through the whole song. You know, uh-huh. a lot of times you have like one section, there might be a nice lead there, but that's, then it's, you know, but no, this one keeps going all the way through. So I just did a video for it and I was like, wow, how am I going to play all that stuff? But I did. I did. And I think it'll be out this Friday, uh, the official video for that song. I just got I just got the CDs came in the mail today and I put them on the old, you know, the player in the living room. And I, I forgot how high energy the whole album is. Yeah. It, uh, the first five tracks just are, are slamming. So yeah. that's, you know, that's a good thing, I guess. No, it's you know? a great thing because, uh, you know, usually when it comes with forgetting about love, it's kind of like a little bit. Oh, of, yeah. Uh, yeah, like slow and, and less. Slow manic. blues. But this, you can put in your headphones and you can work out to it. You can take this to the gym with you. Absolutely. The whole <laughs> album is good for that. Let me tell you. Yeah, uh, um, and oh, I'm sorry that I, I saw you know the 17th also uh, the second cut. Uh, she's a legend, right? Yes, yes, that's a great one too. Yeah, that's uh, a a song that I wrote with my friend John Shirley, yeah. who is a uh, science fiction writer. Yeah, what a resume he's got. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy, and yeah. he's the nicest guy too. I mean, he sent me an email. I guess he had heard one of my other solo albums, and he uh-huh. said, oh, I, I really like this. I'm a fan. So I sent him an email back and said, hey, you know, send me some lyrics. So the next day, I had She's a Legend in my uh, inbox. So, you know, and then I, I've written about uh, seven other ones, and there's only two on this this recording, um, but there will be definitely more coming uh with this, uh, he's a, he's a great guy to to work with yeah, and collaborate with, you know. That's cool. And you've been collaborating with him for a while, not just uh, in your solo efforts, but yeah, I I did uh, two tracks on a band called Blue Coop. Yeah, which yeah. Is, which is a band I work with uh, uh, when I'm not doing my solo projects, uh-huh. and uh, it features Dennis Dunaway from the original Alice Cooper who's been my friend for decades and decades. We've played in so many different uh, situations and bands and uh-huh. done tours. And Yeah, he's a very creative guy. And my brother took the drums on that. He was the original drummer from uh, Blue Oyster Cult. Yeah, and, I was about to say, I remember there was a little another little band you were in, but I'm glad you just clarified their name. <laughs> Yeah, what was that band? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, how, how, how did they turn out? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, they've got a pretty good catalog of songs. <laughs> yeah, that they've they got a pretty good catalog of songs, and and uh, I don't know how we did all the work we did. You know, I yeah. did. I was on fourteen albums for those guys. Wow. Columbia albums, fourteen Columbia albums, and they've been reissued. So there's like probably about thirty different reissues of uh of the songs from blue oyster call and uh they just have a life of their own I, it's unbelievable it's yeah. unbelievable yeah and being a being a vinyl hound that i am they they are very pricey when you try to get uh near mint ones original ones uh off of ebay <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> hey i got some i can sell you 
Yeah, there you go. Autograph them and just skyrocket that price. <laughs> but uh, what I was going to say to you, um, I thought you were you know, talking about Blue Oyster Cult. I saw something that I would never imagine this collaboration. But as I was watching your video on YouTube and everything, I saw you do Don't Fear the Reaper with Orleans, which is a band I would yeah. have guess would have done that. How did you get with those guys for that song? Well, it's so uh, Larry, rest in peace, rest, was... I went to college with Larry. Oh, cool. Back in 1968. I met Larry in 1968. And it, it was funny because, uh, you know, everybody knew he was a great musician at, at music school. And, you know, he went one way, Orleans, and I went another way, you know. And then about 25 years later, we met at a, uh, a charity show. We met at a charity show. And he kept saying, "Hey, you know, let's do uh, let's do some gigs together. You know, this could be a good fit. You know." Yeah. And and uh, I went to Iraq with Larry. It oh, was cool. Uh, Orleans and I in Iraq. We played for the troops in Iraq in 2010. It was amazing. It was the most far out tour I've ever done. No kidding. I didn't, I didn't know what I was getting into. But it was great. It was like a variety show. As we had uh-huh. Skip Martin from Cool in the Gang. Yeah. We had Alex Lederwood from uh, Santana. Wow. We had um, Jimmy Jamison from Survivor. We had Orleans. We had me. We had John Jorgensen. John Jorgensen was my guitar player. Unbelievable. Yeah. Cool. yeah. He's, a, he's an incredible player. So it was this sort of like variety show. And... Uh, I didn't know what I was getting into. I thought maybe I'd go to the Baghdad Hilton, play yeah. a couple of shows in the ballroom, in the air mm-hmm. conditioning. But no. <laughs> oh, no. We were in the desert <laughs> on a flatbed truck playing for the troops in the desert in, wow. in July. It was, oh, uh, it's, uh, it was insane. But, yeah. you know, like I said, we, we, uh, we had one great time on that tour. Unbelievable. About ten days in Iraq. Yeah, that's cool. Like I said, the, with, the with Orleans, so they're 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 great friends of mine. I I love their stuff. I love playing the mandolin, so I got to play mandolin and dance with me. You cool. know, like yeah. you you wouldn't expect that kind of stuff, but I like doing a lot of different things. I don't like well, doing the same thing all the time. You know? Yeah, that's that's just a tribute to your musical genius and how talented you truly are. Yeah, because. Thanks. Uh, I mean, I, I'm the same way as a as a novice drummer, nowhere near your oh. level. But I just get in where I fit in. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do it, you know. You got to do what you got to do. I so, tell you, you know, I uh, just love having some time off to be able to get my instruments out and do yeah. some really serious practicing. Yeah, you know? it's 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 a, it's a crazy time right now, and, and yeah. One thing is good about it is like when my heroes like yourself are available for interviews, I can I can jump on it and maybe they'll be available. So, I, I was just telling somebody this morning this, you know, I've never done so many interviews. I've you know, done. in the last two weeks, it's been, and everybody's so nice, you know, and, uh, you know, it, it's it's been a great, great fun, you know, uh, actually working this uh, solo album. I can't, I can't believe how good it's working out. It's just... Uh, it's amazing. Uh, is Strange Legends your your favorite uh, solo project to date, or, or what? Uh, How yeah. satisfied are you with it? Yeah. Well, I I think they keep getting better. Just you uh-huh. know, a little bit better each time. 
and I'll do. I'm definitely going to do more. I'm I'm starting the seventh solo album pretty yeah. soon, cool. and uh, but I think the 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 fifth one was really good. Playing history, I think I, I really nailed a lot of the songs. I wrote mm-hmm. a song for our our manager who passed away, called Renaissance Man, because he was the smartest guy, and there would be no Blue Oyster Cult without our manager Sandy Perlman. And yeah, uh, yeah, he he was very very good at giving us a direction back in the earlier days, and uh, so uh, that was one of the good songs. And other songs just seemed to come together on that one. Um, but I think this is even better. This album is even better because it just it just has so much. Uh, it, it feels very solid. Um, I mean, the people will decide when they hear it, you know. Yeah. But I, I'm, I just got the CD today, and I was listening to it. I said, "Wow, this is yeah. it's very a lot. It's got a lot of up feel to it. So that's that's a good thing." Yeah, that's what we need. Like, like, uh, yeah, you, some high energy right now. But like you said, when I when I listen to the first song, you know, you're expecting, like you said, kind of bluesy, kind of like ominous sadness. But you're like, yeah. hey. This this could be cardio day down at Planet Fitness. <laughs> um, what? Uh, who's responsible? The the artwork looks pretty cool too. Like uh, oh, that's a young a young student. Uh, really? My girlfriend teaches art, and she's a very good artist. And she play, actually played guitar on a track of the album and sings harmonies. But uh, one of her students, I met him when he was ten years old. He just graduated from high school. Wow. And I've been watch I've been watching his sketches on Instagram, and I said, "This is this kid's got some talent, you know." Yeah. And he's only seventeen. Wow. Seventeen. So I I said, uh, you know, I want to commission some art, and so I said, let's do uh, all art for each single, and and the cover is the most important thing, but mm-hmm. you know, do, I want to have different artwork. For each single, on my yeah. last uh, album, my last solo album, playing history, I had a nice logo, but there wasn't much to look at. So with this one, I said, you know, I think the fans out there they really want have something something cool to look at, and his uh, drawings are really special. So I, I was really happy with that way that came out. Yes, yeah, I was. Logan cool. Cummings is his name. That's awesome. What and what an honor to be able to do. To do your artwork, but uh, yeah, it just looks really groovy. Like uh, it's almost like going down a well, uh, the way yeah, or down the rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely going down the rabbit hole. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, he's one of those guys that's into all this new stuff that, you know, I I try to keep up, but you know, I'm yeah. old school, you know. Me too. Uh, speaking yeah. of old school, uh, I'm I'm a I'm a vinyl guy. Is this going to be available on vinyl records? Uh, you know, we're we we hope to get it out on vinyl. We're just kind of waiting to see, you know, the response. If it's big enough, there definitely will be vinyl. Groovy. It definitely will be vinyl. I'm digging. Hey, um, I purchased uh, Pet Sounds the other day, the 50th anniversary, which is oh, came out in 2018. Yeah. The, yeah. the vinyl is is it's crystal clear. Like I said, it's newer. I mean, it's crisp. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, so yeah, uh, it's it's all it's just a great thing. I just oh, uh, I love that. I love that album. You know, yeah. I uh, I went to see that tour three times. 
you know, it was fantastic, you know. Okay. And uh and uh well, you know what the big revelation for me is when they put out pet sounds with the stereo mixes. Uh-huh. I know uh, Mono was the original, you know, the way it was put out and I have those too. But I love the stereo mixes too, so. And I and I love all the 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 uh they 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 put out uh, a really elaborate package with all the tracks and the and the vocals separate and the tracks separate. Oh my god. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable stuff. Brian Wilson, you uh in uh speaking of Brian, um the last because in Nashville he's he's the last four years he's he's uh, offered to come twice to play at Skirmerhorn with the symphony and oh, he's, yeah. he's he's canceled both times. Oh bummer. <laughs> bummer. So, no, I, I I'm I'm into him so deep. I love yeah. his love his uh, his solo band, the the Wonderments. Fantastic, yeah. fantastic. And, and they you can tell they genuinely care about him and take really yeah. good care care of him as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I really look forward to that vinyl. Thank you for for the offer. But um, I, one more question for you, and I appreciate your time. Uh, sure. And it's been a thrill. I have to. I can't let you go without talking about the cowbell from uh, you know, <laughs> "Don't Fear the Reaper," um, because you know everybody's loved the song. And then it was like on Saturday Night Live, Will Ferrell's up there acting crazy. What I mean, and your brother was responsible, obviously Albert, for for the cowbell. But I mean, how do you feel about about all these years? I mean, do you still, does it still get brought up like from guys? Oh. oh yeah, all the time. And <laughs> I have no problem with that at all because. You know the, the the 90s were not really great for Blue Oyster Cult, and we it was it was kind of well it was a different time and the style of music that was popular then was wasn't really Blue Oyster Cult stuff. But in 2000, when they did the first uh, Saturday Night, you know, a more cowbell skit, a whole generation that had missed us. Uh, found out about the cowbell they found about out about the song which is incredible and then they started getting into the catalog now it's doing better than ever it's unbelievable <laughs> it's unbelievable and just for the record uh my part was played by horatio sands <laughs> who was who weighed about 300 pounds at that time <laughs> now, i was fat but i was never that fat I mean, <laughs> the old cliche about put the bass player in the back, put the fat guy in the back with the bass, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I mean, I just have to set the record straight on that, you know. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, we, we all kind of like that. I don't think I don't think it's a problem at all, you know, just the, the fact that we've reached so many more people with our music, you know, and however we have to do it, we're just, we're just very, very lucky and very grateful that uh you know we don't get no respect we're like rodney dangerfield you know <laughs> we don't get no respect <laughs> um i well i'll tell you uh as a i'm a 37 year old man myself but i'll oh. tell you how i fell in love with 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 your you know previous music and everything i went to of all places a better than ezra concert in nashville i'm probably oh, 16 yeah. or 17 and they yeah. put the solo to Don't Fear the Reaper in the middle of one of their, like, um, medleys, I guess you could call it. 
Wow, really? I they've didn't been know doing, that. They, they've been doing it for years. Uh, the wow. band, out New, band out of New Orleans called Better Than Ezra. And they, oh, yes, they, I know them. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Yeah. I know well, them they, well. Yeah, they'll be they'll be doing their medley. It's I believe, and don't hold me to this, but I'm, I'm almost 90% sure it's during their song called In the Blood, which was on their first album, Deluxe. And right in, the, wow. right in the middle, they break out into Don't Fear the Reaper. And like, wow. I'm, I'm 13 or 14. I couldn't, yeah. I know I wasn't older than 16. And Sweet. Like, that is one of the grooviest things ever. So, you know, I started asking around, what is this? What is this? And like, <laughs> well, this is the Blue Oyster Cult. So that is, is the time. And I got, you know, I got discovered and, you know, oh. Godzilla and everything and Burner for You. And I've just been a rock solid fan ever since. And then, you Great. know, having, having this podcast and your name popped up and I was like, yes, 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 me, 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 please, 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 please. <laughs> so, well, but, um, well, it was yeah, great you, to talk to you. You too. Thank you for everything. And I'll send you, uh, I'll send you my information and, and I look forward to that yeah. with great anticipation and I appreciate yeah. everything you've done. Well, thanks for the support and uh, good luck for your podcast. Thank you. Um, I mean, uh, it's a great thing. I listen to a lot of podcasts, so I'll be looking for this one. Cool. Yeah, this one will be this Sunday, and then um, next week I've got Cosmo uh, from Credence. I know you're familiar with Oh, great. With him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I just, I love, I love decent music. I guess I have an old soul, you could say. <laughs> well, that's okay. That's yeah. okay. Next batter on deck this holiday weekend edition of the Josh Belcher Uncharted podcast is guitarist extraordinaire of Alien Ant Farm, Terry Corso. He discusses with us their brand new cover of Wham's Everything She Wants and their awesome music video and the future of the band and what they've got going on with a new studio album and a bunch of other stuff. That's next on the Josh Belcher Uncharted podcast. Enjoy. So, Word. Um, yeah, let me let me just say, uh, you know, I've been a solid fan forever. Uh, uh, to me, one of the best songs ever written. I'm not just saying because I got you here with me. Uh, the movies, man, love love the movies. I thought that was oh, one cool. of the smoothest, uh, one of the most well put together, just jams. And then you guys just like uh, that whole album. And still to this day, every song you guys you, you like, you are not capable of doing any fillers. You just have great songs. One. Oh wow, that's that's. That right there is gold. Thanks for saying that. That's awesome. All right, that's that's really awesome. You know, uh, um, the movies was you know honestly like movies was kind of like the desirable track from us. Like when we were trying to get a a record deal and and um, we were playing around Hollywood and L.A. and getting to know the record people around and you know movies was always the one that they were talking about. So it was definitely even when we eventually got signed, you know, through Papa Roach to DreamWorks and and that was the that was the song that everybody was talking about and literally set up for the first single and we released it as the first single. Um we did like a quick video for it with Marco Siega, um, like a performance video. He had just done like the last resort video and he had just done like uh what's that he did that sweet pea video for um uh, system and he was like the performance video guy so that's what we ended up doing was we did like a quick performance video with him put it out there it was actually charting and stuff and and actually uh remember uh control freak on mtv yeah yeah 
Yeah, so it was doing great on Control Freak, the video for movies, and, and yeah. uh, it was it was having a good go. I remember because we were on tour with Taproot and Linkin Park right at the time, and I remember being, like, on tour with them, and, and we'd be on the bus, and Control Freaks would come on, and we'd watch, and we'd, movies was, like, steadily beating um, Closer to the Edge by Linkin Park, so we were always running up on their bus just, like, in your face. <laughs> yeah, but friendly it was fun you know yeah, sure. um <laughs> throwing throwing fireworks at them or whatever so yeah, movies yeah. had a good go it just got it just got eclipsed you know what i mean smooth criminal was a monster and the, yeah. it was a sleeping giant that awakened and eclipsed everything in our lives yeah but but hey i mean um if you're gonna have you know that's, that's what you aim for is just every song to kind of like eclipse the other one but you just said two things already that uh that made me th- you go through memory lane. You mentioned music on MTV, which threw me for a loop. <laughs> yeah, well, then, yeah it, it, that's another thing kids don't know about, right? Yeah, it's like okay, millennials gather around. Uh, <laughs> when uh, when MTV was first on, they provided music. They're like, "What? Get out of here! You didn't have no <laughs> Florida storyline, and you know." But, Why um, would I go to one channel and just watch whatever video they want me to watch when I can go to YouTube and pick whatever like, I want? Oh, like YouTube, but um, <laughs> um, and then second of all, that Taproot Lincoln Park and you guys uh, concert came through Nashville, and I had an awesome story about it. Oh, uh, cool! I, I was I was touring so North long North. ago, dude. That's our first real tour. Sorry yeah. not to cut you off, but like that 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 tour was like our first like real professional tour national, and the first time we were ever on a bus or anything. So proceed, because that yeah. that was just that's an important tour to us. Yeah, not not in the Conaline van and not wondering where you're going to eat that, you know. <laughs> no, it was, dude, we were like in a whole new world. We were like a new level. Like we were just like fresh socks every night. Yeah, absolutely. But, but, but what, what I remember very, you know, very like it was yesterday at that show, um, the lead vocalist of Taproot, when they were playing, he, he, he climbed up. On, oh yeah, on the the, uh, the speakers, and he goes, "This is what he said." And I was towards Steve. the middle, Steve. And this is when I could, you know, I you know I wasn't in my late thirties, and I could bounce back after a little bit of moshing. Sure. He's got uh, his mic understood. In hand. Yeah, he got his mic in his hand, and he goes, um, "Okay, I'm going to I'm going to jump, or I'm going to I'm going to fall, and if you guys don't catch me, it's done. We're leaving." <laughs> he used to do that every night. I remember, yeah, like, yeah. or he'd climb out and do the stage dive <laughs> off the balcony or whatever. <laughs> And I just remember the corner he was in, and I'm not, you know, I'm not um, being sexist or whatever, but there's some small framed women, you know, they were right towards the front. Yeah. So me, me and my friend Matt. They were there. Those there. those were the girls that were there for Phil, the bass player. <laughs> I Phil Lipscomb. Yeah, yeah, we we uh, we rushed over there. And we we're like, we can't let him drop him, dude. <laughs> so we got over there. Thank goodness. I was like, she falls on these girls. It's going to be like a domino effect or like bowling ball. You know? <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a fix. Like the show's yeah. just over. At yeah. The <laughs> yeah. Well, good, good, a... good, good on you guys moving into like support. That's yeah. great. Well, well, I was like, man, I, we just, everything, everything was clicking on all cylinders on that show. I was like, we can't let it end. Yeah. <laughs> he, he literally gave us a forewarning. So I was like, come on. Man. <laughs> I literally just got that little, like, fleeting, like, um, flame feeling in my sternum, just like, like, of reminiscence. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, God, those were the days. Yeah. Like, there was something so special about what was going on in music right then. 
It was yes. so cool. It was not like today. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I agree. And here, I, you know, like I said, and I'm sounding like people I used to make fun of. I'm like, well, these were the good old days. But uh, <laughs> I know, right? What, uh, <laughs> Me too. What, what I loved about you guys is that uh, back in that time of my life, I was somewhat of a pretty decent drummer. <laughs> but um, oh, cool. So yeah. you love Cosgrove? I was just talking to him. <laughs> yeah. But what I loved about your band in particular is that, you know, besides vocals, it was just you three. And you guys had a, you know, you guys leaned on each other kind of like like Rush did, but in your own way. Like, you know, everyone oh, wow. brought something amazing to the table. And I've That's always fucking loved cool, man. So I've always loved your musicianship. Uh, All of a sudden, this has just become my dream interview. Um <laughs> I don't, I, sound, I sound like a fan girl. Here I am. In no, that, dude, I dude, that's the head. most important. <laughs> believe me, after after 20 years of, like, doing this shit, dude, like, the fun questions, like, the people that get it, the people that paid attention, the people that moved past, moved criminal, and even moved past movies, like, the people that came in and really got it. And when I hear those stories now, man, that's what keeps me even wanting to do this shit anymore. I mean, I'll always make I'll always make music in some shape or form. I, I definitely like you know pushing my fifties. Like you know, touring gets a little. You start to kind of look sideways and squinty at it sometimes, you know. But but once you're out there, you know why you're doing it again. But honestly, it's these little. That's really cool of you to say because that was something that was a huge campaign like uh like promise for us mm-hmm. if i if i can get political for a minute yeah <laughs> no yeah, we we that was like that was our whole point of becoming a band was yeah. that we wanted to be we wanted to take musicianship a little bit you know we were coming out when like the the corns and the biscuits and everybody there was this, like this new movement that was really cool going on and we wanted to be a part of it but we wanted to be, you know, our we wanted to make our own little foot hold, yeah. and and we were all about just being kind of prog, yeah, like music nerds. Um, we we you know like like you said like Mike being the drummer that he is, um, you know even Ty who's not in the band anymore, but he had a huge thing you know shaping the sound of this band and. And myself and the way I play guitar and, you know, I, 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 I would write riffs just to, like, be hard on the listener. Like, or not not hard on the ear, but like a guitar player, a young guitar player that wanted to learn my shit. Yeah. I wanted to make it difficult for them. Oh, yeah. And, what, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. I was just thinking no, about no, it. Okay. Uh, uh, Flesh and Bone, I believe it was, was one of the yeah. most intricate. They loved that. Um, you know, we're taking it back a little bit. That's when it's like, right? No, that's that's attitude, dude. Attitude. Attitude's oh, the attitude. one with Welcome the up. with the that's YouTube it. style riff. What's that? That's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I, I was singing the song and talking it out of my head. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, I was trying to remember, but yes, yes, and just um, and like I said, ADD's hit me. But you know, go back to um, movies, and that's what the grab was for me as a young musician who loves music is like. You know, you're playing your little, you know, your little chug, ding, 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 and then it's, I mean, it's just, yeah, yeah. That, that, we, have, we were dynamic that. for sure, yeah. yeah. That was that prog, that was that prog vibe creeping in, because we were all into, like, serious prog bands when we were young, and, and just, you know, trying to, like, be uber musicians or whatever, and, you know, that leveled out into whatever it is now, smooth criminal and everything she wants, I guess, but, 
Um, like I said, again, anybody that chose to dig deeper, like, would find out that we were, like, a pretty complex band. Like, we yeah. actually we actually kind of knew what we were doing as far as, you know, creating dynamics between bass and guitar and rhythm. You know, I was playing the high spectrum of a chord while the bass player is playing the low spectrum and we're creating, like, a super chord, you know? And, yeah, yeah. And then, and then you get, like, you know into odd rhythms <laughs> yeah. and you have a drummer like Cosgrove, you know, it's just, it, it just, it's, that's the only way we really knew, you know, it, it just so happens that covers were something that we did all the time because who didn't when they were growing up in a band, you know, even the sure. Beatles like were releasing covers. So not to liken ourselves to the Beatles. I'm not doing that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, people get in trouble for that. I'm not doing yeah, that, absolutely. but it's yeah. true. People were about standards. So, yeah. you know, it just so happens that standards are what brought us to focus and then anybody that decided to peer through the lens, you know, got a got a good taste and dose of what we're really about. Yeah. The uh and and we'll move on to the song cuz cuz I really do enjoy the new one, but this will be my last comment on on you know, you guys as as musicians what I really like is that did you ever in your lifetime before they canceled it? Did you ever see a Barnum and Bailey circus? Uh, like go to a circus? Yeah, when yeah, I was yeah. a kid, I used to go to circuses. Okay, well, well the reason, and I'm saying this in this, or not, the circus. Yeah, well, the reason I'm 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 bringing it up is because you know how like you will be so overwhelmed and excited because there was like twelve different things going on that made your brain just be like, oh, this is awesome in a good way. Look. Like yeah. overwhelmed kind of sensory yeah. overload kind of thing, like going yeah. to Vegas or yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's how I compare you guys' music because your your brain you, you get everything stimulated because like you're over there doing your guitar virtuoso, the bass is just right on wow. top, the drummer is all over the place. Like you guys just kind of cornered the market for it, and that's why you know, like I said, that's pretty today, cool. Yeah, I just love that's you guys. cool to say. I I hear what you're saying loud yeah. and clear. Gotta it's, get you it's back to like you can. You can hear like what Mike's doing with his right hand on the hi hat. Yeah, and that's sure. interesting. Yeah. And then, yeah, I hear yeah, you exactly. And then, uh, you know, we got to get you back to Nashville when the world is not flipped upside down. I love <laughs> Nashville, man. I I love going to Nashville. Last time I I do a little bit of like um, amateur photography, concert, and street mostly. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me, but um, last time I was in Nashville, I I like broke off. We had a day off. And I just broke off from the entire tour party with my camera, and I just went down into you know Broadway and all the shit, and and had a good time just taking photos of yeah. street performers and people partying and and the scenery, like some of, even just some of those signs down there are so legitimate, you know Nashville. Yeah, <laughs> I love yeah. Na- I Nashville is one of my favorite spots to go to. Like, cool. I, I'm a New Orleans guy like i i'm sure. from california i'm a southern california boy so yeah. it sucks i i you know a lot of people kind of just go oh, well you don't know what you're talking about cali boy but <laughs> but i love new orleans like new orleans is the after i've after i've circled the globe a couple of times in my life uh-huh. um new orleans is my spot that's where i go and it's hard to not find a little bit of a New Orleans vibe in Nashville. It's kind of like, or, or if you go to Austin, anything with live music like that is just yeah, super important to me. That's a I, good time to me. I feel like I could just walk bar to bar and just have a great, happy time and just be all about music while I'm partying or whatever, you know? 
Yeah, no, I agree. And and like you said, um, one one thing I enjoy about it is is like when when we do finally open back up, is yeah. that no matter what's going on in your life, you can go to Broadway. Like I've lived in Middle Tennessee yeah. my whole life. You can go down Broadway and you can go into any place and you're there and it's about the music. It's not about and I'm sure. not, not politically either. It's not about what color you are. It's not about hey, you're from California, you're from Nashville, I'm I, Southern. You're, yeah, ahead. yeah. Oh no, it's such a melting pot. And I and I gotta ask, like, Broadway's just been shut down completely, well, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, here's what it's I hard to imagine. Like Roberts closed, you know. It's so yeah, weird. Yeah. Well, well, the the thing was, I went down there uh, about three weeks ago to Zany's, which is our only, like, one of our only few comedy clubs, and saw some oh, stand up, okay. and 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 kind of peered down into Nashville, and it was so quiet that up there where the Predators play at Bridgestone. You could hear the fountain at the Skirmerhorn Orchestra Symphony Center. That's how unmoved it is right now because of this yeah. COVID-19. It's just quiet, huh? That it's, which is it's crazy. You don't get down there. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta tell you, you probably know too. Uh, uh, being a Nashville boy, uh, one of my favorite guitar players of all time, I must say, is is Danny Donato. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I worship Danny Donato, dude. Yeah, he is redundant, <laughs> I had a, he? That day that I was talking about going down there and taking pictures, I was actually like, it was a funny thing because I, I was sitting at, uh, I was sitting at some bar and I was just wandering around taking pictures and having beers and by myself having a good time. And I was like, shit, man, I, I always see online that like I've been following Danny for like maybe two years now. And, and I was like, I always see that he's up to something. Yeah. Maybe I should go check his website. <laughs> And I did, and he was playing down at um at the at the feed. What's the down on the end? Oh, before Acme Feed and Seed, yeah. Acme yeah. Feed and Seed, dude. Yeah. I went down to I, I hit him up on the DM, and he was like, "Come through, you're on the list." And and yeah. uh, <laughs> and I came down. I went down and uh, hung out and just watched him shred and took pictures and we shook hands and then that was it. Now online, I see him and I say, "Hey, what's up, Danny?" He's like, "Cool." I'm supposed to get a lesson with that guy sometime, hopefully. Nice. Hey, that that is fantastic. Like I yeah. said, it's it's so hard to to you know right now like we can't do what we want. We can't listen to music other than you know watching these cool videos and everything. But here's a great story for you. You may or may uh, you might like. Um, by by trade, I'm a laborer. I, I deliver paint. It's not the most glorious job, but it pays the bills. I used and, to be uh, a painter. <laughs> right with on. my father. Yeah, that's cool. what I did when yeah. I was a kid. That was my job. That's awesome. Well, I, I, I could cut I could cut a French window with my left hand like nothing. Really? Yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. Um. Anyway, I, I'm not that gifted. I just deliver it. But yesterday or the day before, excuse me, because you were bringing up corn, I'm driving through Arrington, which has the Arrington Vineyard, which is owned by Kix Brooks from Brooks and Dunn. Oh, okay. But they're having a huge – because we're talking about you know, how crazy social media is and everything, but they're having this big party. And I and I and I look over and I see Brian Head Welch because you're talking about corn. Oh, yeah. they all live yeah. in the area now. In that oh, okay, yeah, I have a few friends out there. <laughs> yeah. So uh, um, Trey from POD is a great friend of mine. He lives in Nashville right now. Oh yeah, love those guys. Love 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 everybody. But yeah, um, yeah, those guys are I, bros. So I see Head over there and I'm like, hey, there's Head and that like they're having a get together. And then I look on Corn's uh, social media. It's it's Head and Ray's. Uh, birthday party, which he's one of my favorite drummers, and Mick yeah, Ray Lazier. I, I, I'm friends with him through a couple of like uh, you know those those uh, like the Spasmatics and the Boogie Nights and the, yeah. the tribute band circuit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I have some best friends in that circuit that jam with Ray. It's like a funny, like, full circle world. But, yeah, I did notice it was Brian's birthday today, right? Happy birthday, Brian. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and uh, uh, yeah, they had, like, a dual celebration for them both. Like, Ray just turned 50. He doesn't, he looks like he's 25, and he's such a cool yeah. guy. Well, he does look, have a boyish look about him, doesn't he? It's that Bieber haircut he's rocking, I think, <laughs> what's getting. But, uh, yeah, uh, I look at their, their pictures, and I think Mick Mars is hanging out over there. I'm like, no, wow. I should have stopped in my shirt when Williams clothes on and been like, hey, you guys need a gallon of paint or anything? Just <laughs> See, it sounds like everyone's moving to Nashville, dude. I might have to do it. Yeah. Hey, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm thinking about, like, you know, I've lived in Southern California. I grew up here my whole life, Southern California, Southern California. But like I said, I have my little afflictions for the, for the, you know, like some of the, some of those Southern spots, you know, and, yeah. and, uh, and, 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 you know, the, the, the money goes a little further than California. Um, yes, indeed. It's, it's <laughs> easy, easier to own some land, you know, yeah, that sounds it, cool to me. It's fun. And then tornadoes. Um, yeah. That, that part. Of it is <laughs> and then, uh, we have hail every once in a while the size of softballs. You might not. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> Everybody's got one good dent on their hood, right? That's it. That's it. That's that's the rite of passage here. But um, that's okay. Uh, it's just things, right? It's just things. Yeah, that's it. But but for music, like you can go down the street and like Jack White and the Rapping Tours might be at his record store. Um, yeah, that's right. And you know what? Out of all the times I've been to Nashville, I've still yet to make it to Third Man. I need to do that. Yeah, it's it's right there in a great little spot. Like, um, it's close to the city winery where they have a lot of intimate concerts and you know Killer. everything you like is, is here. We have a little bit of the table for everybody, and that's uh, sure you know. And and most of the southerners like myself, you meet, we're, we're still kind of you know we're hospitable and we try to welcome everybody with open arms as long as they're you know cool and, and chill. So well, you know what I lived. Uh, my mom's from Amarillo. Um, and uh, and uh, most of my mom's side of the family's from the Panhandle in Oklahoma. So uh, and then I also after uh, back in the day, Alien Ant Farm had a uh, um, a bus crash, you know, but way back when, and and uh, I smashed up my leg pretty good. It was one of the easiest injuries out of people that got <laughs> injured, but I, I I messed up my leg pretty good. And I was dating a girl in Dallas in Plano actually. Uh, at the time, and uh, I had the opportunity of, <laughs> I was kind of like, you know, disabled, so, and we'd just come out of Europe, like, from this wreck, and this tour was over, and we're coming back into the States, and it was this whole process, and I was like, I could either go home, because I didn't own a house at the time, <laughs> and, uh-huh. and uh, I would stay with my mom when I was off tour, so I was like, I can go home and have my mom take care of me, or I could go to Plano and have um, this this you know really good looking young woman take care of me. <laughs> so I chose the latter, and uh, I lived in I lived in uh, Plan- uh, in Plano for like six months, man. I was I was like a Texas Dallas Texas regular, Bellum, nice. Lower yeah. Greenville, all that shit. I was uh-huh. like they, I was there on my crutches. You could catch me on my crutches, especially if I was falling because I was wasted, right? Yeah, um, <laughs> those were good times. Yeah. Um, but hey, I gotta say, is like long story short, sorry. Um, yeah. Uh, that's where I learned that uh, you know Southern hospitality is real. Yeah. It's it's it, it's a welcoming vibe. It's always been. I made some lifelong friends out of Texas. 
at a, you know, uh, all my touring days at uh, so many states. Like I just made lifelong friends out of, out of, uh, you know, humble Southerners. Yeah, that's that. That's how we roll. Like, uh, you know, being here, you know, everybody's everybody in your family has placed at least one instrument, and that we just, uh, you know, we we love it for what it is. It's not. It's not your color, creed, you know, your religion, who, who you no. vote for in the primaries. It's whether There's, you can rock or not. <laughs> it's that median, right? The median yeah. is music. How fucking cool is that, dude? Yeah, that's like the that's it. Here. That's the common. That's the common thread, dude. That's the common denominator. That's what we. That's what we all need more of nowadays. It sure yeah. is, you know, like that music. Music just bounds, you know, it binds everyone together. Bound everyone together. And, that, and cool. that's what I love about music, and I don't remember who said it, but it's you, music is the one thing everybody in the world can agree on. You know, anybody you hear, you know, besides, you know, unfortunately deaf people, but, you know, everybody listens to some kind of music. For sure. And I've I've met some deaf people, to speak for deaf people right now, right on. at my concerts, uh-huh. and that just blows my mind. Like, they come for the vibration. Right on. And that's, and awesome. that's insanity to me. Like, that's so fucking cool. I've literally been like, oh, oh like, how are you supposed to, like, you got to be dimensional about uh, uh, thinking about a deaf person at a concert. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's crazy. But now you see, like, you know, you go to these festivals and, and um, you know, the, a lot of these bigger kind of more mainstream situations have uh, interpreters there, right there. You know, because it's a festival and, like, people, some people can, you know, feel the vibrations and create colors from those vibrations in their heads. And yeah. and um, and they still want to go hang with their friends. Their friends can hear. You know, they, their friends want to go to a concert. Like, they still go. And it's cool that those translators are there, you know. Yeah. And I'm some there. of those translators rock, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah, some of them, they're, they're, they're interesting to watch. But, um. It was, sure. well, it was just like where you're talking, you know, we're on the subject of deaf people. But uh, Beethoven, he sawed the legs off his uh, piano when he would when he would um, um, compose. Right. He was deaf, and he would listen yeah. to the vibrations on the floor. Uh, yeah, he said like uh, Indian style, so he could like just absorb the vibration of what he was yeah. playing. Hey, that's man, intense, good vib- right? Good vibration, Southern California, before, you know. <laughs> sun-kissed soda. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Hey, we could, we could go all day. It's like, hey, stop. Thank, thank, good thoughts. But anyway, um, Al Al Jardine has a home in Nashville. He's a Beach Boy. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, Al Jardine for sure. I know, I know him. What a groovy guy. Um, okay, so let's get. We, we were talking. I, I'm enjoying everything you're saying. I just, I want to brag on this song, man. Everything she wants, sure. you guys nailed it. Um, oh, thanks, man. Like I was telling you before we were recorded. Um, Never been a big Wham fan. I mean, I don't have anything wrong with them, but all I knew was the little "Wake Me Up Before You Go Go." Right. And then this one crawls across my lap, and I'm watching it. And the video is intricate and awesome, and uh, it's like you guys did it again. I mean, you. Uh, I've never <laughs> heard you. an Man Farm song that I don't like, and you guys never cease to amaze me. So let's talk. That's about That's incredibly this. kind of you to say. Thank you. Yeah, man. Uh, what 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 made us decide that this was the the new one to cover? It's actually kind of tough to kind of narrow down what what's going to get released because we mm-hmm. play so many covers just for fun. Yeah. Um, it, it, you know, sometimes uh, we, you know, uh, obviously I was going to say like some to better avail than others. Some just kind of fall on their face. But um, when we 
when we first started playing shows as a band and we were just like a local band around here in Riverside and Southern California and whatnot. Yeah. We we were literally, you know, we'd be we filled our calendar up. We were hungry and we'd, we'd play, you know, three times a week around the Southland. And um we 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 actually rehearsed so much because we all work day jobs, you know, and we and yeah. we, uh, you know, you get done with work, and we'd want to, all we'd want to do is go jam. Or if I wasn't going to jam with the guys, I'd go sit in my apartment and and come up with ideas for when we would jam. You know, so yeah, yeah. it was like seriously like a heavy like kind of commitment to that. You know, um, we used to. But, but long story short, again, uh, I, I get I go down these roads sometimes. Sorry, I'm a little yeah. Mark Twain okay. right now. But uh, uh, I we we would try and do a different cover song every time we played. Yeah. Like every every show we would have some new whatever cover song we were like just fooling around with that week. We would literally whip it out on stage, even if it was just a piece of the song or the mm-hmm. the music or whatever. So we've done anything from, you know, like Ilea songs to the <laughs> to like the South Park theme or whatever. You know, <laughs> we were just all. We were all just having fun with it, you know, and and uh, Smooth Criminal just kind of was, I don't know, we, we played it like a piece of it once, and it worked really well, like just from playing the piece, like it, it sounded heavy over the PA, and the it was just the main riff I think we played at one of our shows, and people were like, whoa, you know, they freaked out, and that was where we kind of knew. Yeah. So this song, we didn't really have that opportunity to go out and test it, you know, go get the, the head knock kind of theory going or whatever, or, you know, try and test it out and see how people reacted. But we just felt like we kind of like could feel the same feeling from that song. It, it had that strong kind of uh, punchy sense based syncopation, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, that actually translates really well to like chunky guitar. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and like a tight beat or whatever, you know? Uh yeah. so so it just felt like we had a good arrangement of it that represented us as Ant Farm. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dryden's voice sounds perfect on the song. Yeah. Motherfucker. His <laughs> voice is so fucking good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> even down to the, the, the Jackson parts, the, the the little screams he does, or that was just, I mean, you, it's hard to mimic something like that. Yeah, a lot of that was our, our, our ex-bass player, Ty, had a had a, a, a good hold on his uh, his falsetto voice. Oh, right so on. He, he used to contribute a lot of that, too, but Dryden just has a tone and a sound of his own. Yeah. And, and I feel like it's it's a blessing for us. I, it might be, you know, like something that a lot of other bands don't understand, but for us it's a, it's a blessing because his voice, like, opens up so many, like, styles and genres for us. Like, and, and we were never really afraid of crossing over barriers, like doing, you know, if you go into, you know, whether it's the, the ballad of attitude on, on, uh, on the first record or if you go on to... Um, you know, on to our second record, Truant, and you can hear, like, Cuban, Guaguanco, Chan Chan, like, you know, like, uh, jazz fused with, 
with reggae. Like <laughs> we were just kind of <laughs> all over the place and doing it and having fun with it and being creative musicians. But the, 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 the thing that kind of laced it all together was that, that just that sound of dry's voice. Like yeah. he's, he's kind of a, one of those dudes that you hear him and you're all, Whoa, that's that dude from Ant Farm. He, he's, he's truly like, we're blessed and he's blessed and, and everything just for that factor. Because I think there's so many vocalists are just like to have a great vocalist who really sounds like himself and does his own thing is super few and far between. And, um, and I'm throwing him a lot of cred right now. I'm fucking totally stroking him off. Yeah. He's going to be like, Hey, you're, you're, you're checking the mail. You check if he hears this. Oh my God. He's going to throw me a party. Yeah. He's going to be blushing, but no, I agree with you because, um, you know, but it's important for our sound. That's what yeah. I'm saying. We can do anything with him singing because his voice just sounds good. Like, and it makes he he knows how to make those things sound like something else. Like, uh, yeah, we're doing a, a traditional like Spanish song or Cuban song, but you know, he his voice instantly made it like an alternative radio track or whatever. Yeah. You know. No, I I agree. You you guys all bring something to the table, and that's what makes it so great. Even. Even him, like he stuck out, uh, you know. He, he, everybody's got the mohawk. He's got the reverse one, and the little, <laughs> the, little dances, the little dances he would do while he's up there performing. I mean, you just that yeah. was back, you know. Like I said, here Pretty I'm dating myself. Yeah, I'm over here dating myself like an old man. But like, they only oh, got stiffer after he broke his neck in the bus wreck. Yeah, I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't doubt it. But that was back when people cared about musicianship and were creative and like, yeah. you know. Like I said, I sound like an old man, but it's like you don't you don't things seem so different anymore. Yeah, yeah, things seem different now. As far as the mainstream, right? I mean, obviously, yeah. You know, when things go back to like live music and stuff, you'll still be able to like stroll down to to Broadway and hear some like great great shit, you know? Yeah. And and, and there'll always be you know bands that kind of you know splay splay the parameters, if you will. Let's say that. Let's well, say that, and uh, it's uh, you know it's just going to get harder and harder to find because music in the mainstream is just getting more stupid. And uh, sorry, I said it, <laughs> but you know not only that, it's just like with this whole like thing, like now Live Nation came out and like they're like taxing heavy on like on like underground artists. It's, it's going to be a it's going to be hard for us all to band together and save underground music. Yeah. Like things are not going to go back to being rad, so we need to like all band together and like save that shit. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Everything is is backwards now. It's like we're in Bizarro world where Superman goes to yeah. meet reverse Superman. But um, um, you, speaking of shows, you guys are doing uh a, an online performance. Is that right? Coming up in July? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's right now. It's on the board for. Uh, July 11, 7-Eleven, dude, free, yeah. free, free, free Slurpee Day. Holy yeah. shit, it took me a minute to get that out. Yeah. Free Slurpee Day, 7-Eleven, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> such a stupid point. Yeah, but important, important But important, super important. Um, yeah, we're going to be playing, um, we're playing a show at the Whiskey A Go-Go in uh, Hollywood, California, the famous right. whiskey and uh the thing with the whiskey is they actually have uh they have like a, a an in-house camera array right 
And wow. we've done we've done a lot of we've done so much business with the whiskey over the years. They've become kind of like our little L.A. spot. If we're going to do a L.A. club show, we do the whiskey. It's just kind of become a little bit of a family thing. Uh-huh. Um, so, anyways, the whiskey has all these camera angles, and they got like HD cameras, and and uh, basically they teamed up with a company uh, that monetizes and broadcasts and does it in a way of, like pay per view kind of. Um, yeah. So, so we're going to go and play to no audience <laughs> and, um, you know, we're going to have like probably four or five angles. Like, um, we're going to hopefully do some fun and interesting, maybe rare stuff. We haven't really, we're, we're just starting to kind of turn our sights towards getting that crap together. Um, it, it it's uh, I, I'm I'm excited about it personally because I feel like it's kind of a historical thing at least at least for my band because we've never played one show that has gone everywhere on the globe potentially. Yeah. Um, to me, that's really cool. I love the concept, and if this is like the new norm, then you know why not? Yeah, it seems like people just want to sit in their houses nowadays, anyways, right? <laughs> let's 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 be as introverted as possible. <laughs> yeah, like, hey, let's just uh, embrace it. Let's yeah, it's full it's steam gonna, ahead. It's going to get to the point where after every song, uh, like the the sound guy's going to have to turn the computer volume up so you can hear people clapping from their living. Clap, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like a, this weird, like squelched, yeah. like syntax error, over compressed applause that just sounds like static, anyways. Yeah, it's. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's, you know what the cool thing about this whiskey thing though is like that I'm di- it's it's got me dying because, um, you know I, I, every anybody any any dude that jerks off like knows that those those weird like uh those chat rooms are there uh-huh. like like I don't I don't really get into that um I'm a little more into something that I can fast forward and reverse or whatever. Sure. <laughs> so I'm a control freak like that. So, <laughs> but um, what I was going to say is there's those rooms that are like chat rooms with girls or guys, and they have tipping capability, uh-huh. right? Like yeah. you can, I guess, if you have an account, you can actually tip like small increments towards their performance. Really? So I heard that <laughs> what we're doing at the whiskey is very similar to that. It actually has like a tipping situation, like where you can, maybe if I do a little extra cool solo, like a little extra on the squiddly wah or whatever, and people uh-huh. dig it, or, or we play a song that people are really excited about, they can actually have the opportunity to tip, not unlike a sex chat room. Yeah. I was about to say, yeah. If you if you if you uh, if you pull your shirt up a little bit, it'd be like so and so donated an additional twenty dollars. Yeah. Awesome. So and so, Paul, Paul yeah. the Bear. Yeah, has, yeah. It. I love it. I think it's cool. So I know that was really graphic and colorful, but I'm just having fun with the podcast, you know. Yeah, but, well, uh, you hear me laughing, so you know. Yeah, the, uh, the, well, I'm not expecting tips. I'm and I'm not expecting to do anything like perverse to get tips. But yeah. any any kind of the money that's coming in from that, a big portion of it's going to go to a good charity. So that's yeah. the important thing, you know. If I do do some kind of a over the top solo that really doesn't make sense with the song itself, 
It's probably just because I'm trying to like earn for like Colin Kaepernick or something, you know. <laughs> you'll be you, the, the rest of the band. The rhythm section will be playing something. You'll hear bum 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 bum. I'm playing into a, a demographic, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, hey, but Funny. you know, nothing surprised me anymore. Everything's totally. It's everything's a free for all. Yeah, sky's sky's kind of the limit right now. Actually, and, uh, and know, sky everything's beyond. about the video. Yeah. That's it. The video, the video is great. Uh, love all the cameos in this video, man. Every time I turn around, there's somebody else that I'm like, "Hey, isn't that a?" a you got to kind of, yeah, Sonny. You got to kind of step like through person. it a couple of times, right? Yeah, I mean, obviously the ICP guys stick out like a sore thumb, but uh, how could they not? <laughs> <laughs> like, do they all day long have that makeup on? Like, or is no, no, no. <laughs> they're they're just cool like that. They're just cool dudes. Not all day long, but. You know, you know, guys like that, like, are are killing it on the, on the, um, on the uh, cameo app. You know. Oh, dude, they're winning at life. Look at the gathering of the juggalos for crying out loud. I I actually played the first, like, the inaugural gathering of the juggalos in Upstate Ohio uh-huh. when I was a hired gun for Power Man Five Thousand. Wow! And yeah. guys are just normally I them. normally I lead with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so tell us, yeah, tell us with your resume what's what's <laughs> Yeah. No, I'm all hey, nice to meet you, Terry Corso. I played the inaugural gathering of the jugglers. Yep. You had they made sure you had plenty of Fago in case you got dehydrated. Oh well no, they what they did was they made sure that we had plenty of plastic to cover all of our expensive gear because there's nothing but Fago and chicken bones and shit coming up on stage. <laughs> That was that was one of the coolest festivals I've ever been to, my man. I gotta yeah. say, I've been to. I I know the dudes that put on Coachella, and like all my friends are like festival people, and we played a million, obviously. But yeah. like the gathering is something else. Hey, I tell you, um, woo woo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no bigger camaraderie than those guys with those hatchet tattoos or or gals as well. Yeah. You sit on somebody and they recognize it, man. It's like oh yeah, brother sister for life. It's extreme solidarity, yeah. So, and, and and another thing too, going back to the video is, uh, see, uh, a friend of mine actually that I know works for for those guys, and and uh, he he was telling me that he was kind of trolling around on on social media because I was like, oh man, <laughs> I was like, uh, jugglers are gonna hate us, <laughs> and uh, and and lo and behold, we actually got a bunch of whoop whoop love, dude. We got so much hatchet love. It was cool. I was stoked. You guys are honorary juggalos. <laughs> Maybe. Hey, um, hey, I'll take it. <laughs> hey, one of the most creative things I ever saw with those guys, and, and then we'll we'll go on to something else. Have you ever seen the YouTube video for Juggalove, the dating site? I can't say that I have, but I'm oh my gosh. getting you a little have, pumped. Yeah, you'll have to watch it. it. It may change your life. It's called... It's called Juggalove, and they have a guy like from eHarmony on there just explaining like how they pair up uh, Juggalos and Juggalettes. Oh, that's genius already. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Well, you Get know that. how I learned about them was Stranglemania. Yeah. They used to do the, the old like uh, 70s wrestling uh, voiceovers called Stranglemania, and it was uh-huh. fucking hysterical. <laughs> like my buddy uh, – I remember when – I remember back in the 90s, and my buddy – worked for Hollywood Records and he gave me a VHS cassette that had it had Stranglemania on it and it had Heavy Metal Parking Lot on it. <laughs> <laughs> and I used to just like 
I, I, I was, I, I'd have like 50 people in my tiny apartment having a party and like just put that on and that would just, everyone would end up watching it. It was hysterical. Yeah. Stranglemania was so good. Hey, Those man. guys are great guys. Violent J is like, he's a, he's a true gentleman, man. I'll never yeah. forget when I met him at the, at that gathering that I played. He, he was really cool about coming up and being nice and welcoming us and stuff and, but yeah, lots of cameos in the video. <laughs> yep, you got the guys from 311. I saw. I mean, I, like I said, I had to go back a few times and I was trying to yeah. name people. I saw the guy from Hoobastank, which he looks yeah. like he doesn't ever age. He looks the same Doug, age. Yeah, yeah. Doug and Dan are both in there. Groovy. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, Dan. Dan's in there, and then uh, who else, man? Like, just it's a lot. We got we got comedians in there like Rory Scovel. Rory, yeah, yeah. Recognized him. Yeah, he's come to Nashville a few times. We got. We got like. Fighters like uh, um, just like some some actor. We got Zed. That was crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, some metal community people fit for an autopsy. Black Dahlia murder. Like just just friends. You know, it was yeah. kind of it was kind of an interesting thing, honestly, to kind of go through your friends list and find <laughs> out who's too cool for school. <laughs> you know what I mean? Go for it. Yeah. Um, I was kind of like, all right, I'll remember that about you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but I also I was reading, uh, got your first record in six years coming up. Has it really been that long? For our first record for how many years? Was it six years? Are you recording your first record in like six years? I thought it said that somewhere. I, I didn't think that was right. Wait, anthology. Are you talking no. about an anthology? No, no, no. Um, when I got this press release for you guys, it said you're in the works recording your your your, your new record. You haven't recorded it this year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, my bad. Sorry, I totally okay. heard that upside down. Um, <laughs> I probably said it upside down. Audio dyslexia. Um, <laughs> no, uh, you know what? Yeah, it's been a minute since we put a record out, for uh -huh. sure. And and we, were, uh, we just got a record deal with um, Megaforce Records, which is really cool for us, be it Metal Kids. Yeah. And... Um, and yeah, we we were kind of full steam ahead on working on songs, and we got four songs recorded and mixed and mastered, and uh, you know now we have a stockpile of demos that need to be that that need to go through the same treatment basically. Uh -huh. So we're 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 just kind of I, I mean this whole thing totally roadblocked us like we 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 had like a a, a floating schedule of you know where things were going to come out and how it was going to go down and roll outs and ramp ups and all that shit mm -hmm. and um uh, and, and and then that shit just all got shut down basically yeah. you know so with the shutdown so yeah. um so you know we we're just kind of taking it upon us to uh write and and st throw shit on the pile like just stack it up that's it. Just we'll, we'll, we'll go through it all later with a producer, and uh, hopefully get a record out. I don't know, man. Like maybe after summer now, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it, it's such a wait and watch world, especially in the music community now. Everybody's just kind of sitting back, going, "What's going to happen?" Yeah, I mean, I I never imagined that uh, on Sundays I could pay like five bucks and watch Aaron Neville sing from his living room. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's insanity. And you're like looking at the shit in his room, like the background. You're all, oh, that's like, that's his house. Yeah. It's like there's Grammys <laughs> on the mantle. <laughs> you know, this, yeah. 
Yeah. This is these are what he sees every day. These scenes. Yeah. And then it's like you know. But that's beautiful. That, yeah. Yeah. He's, I love New Orleans. So. Yeah. He's got on a dress shirt and boxers. That's it. But you, they don't ever show him. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the cool things about um, business meetings and, like, uh, interviews and stuff these days is you only have to get half-dressed. That's it. <laughs> Waste bottom, up. Bottom, yeah, bottoms are optional. <laughs> I, uh, I got a letter uh, from prison from the Tiger King. I know you know who that is. Fucking A. Okay, well, anyway, I read it on the podcast. That's crazy because he's a Tulsa boy and all the Tulsa stuff's going on today. Yeah, he uh, and I read his uh, his letter in its entirety on the podcast, and it picked up a lot of steam because he asked for a pardon, and he, he told his husband he loved him. It was a bunch of juicy yeah. stuff. Well, yeah. anyway, I, I did my first interview. I'm usually the interviewer, but I got interviewed. I did the same thing. I had like the uh, Scooby Doo mystery van behind me. <laughs> and, really? Uh, you know, it had like a nice uh, dress shirt uh, and you know pants optional. So. <laughs> I but like, wait, he interviewed you? No, no, no. Um, this this radio station out of New oh. York wanted to talk to me about getting about it. Okay. It was my first interview I've ever done because I'm that you got to at, do. You're on yeah. the other side of the camera. I get and, it. Yeah, and, and I figured out on Zoom how you could do background. So, like I said, I had Scooby Doo, had the mystery van back there, <laughs> and it had, yeah, had on a nice shirt that was pressed and, and <laughs> no pants. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I hope he didn't ask me to stand up for any reason. And we'll be good. <laughs> and then you do, and you have like the uh, remember the. Uh, Remember the elephant, um, the elephant G-string with the, where your cock's the trunk? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, that would be something. Hey, how you doing? Oh, excuse me. I forgot those were there. Hey, I dropped something. Hold on. Yeah. Uh, funny. <laughs> And now the podcast is proud to present The Living Legend, Saf Safari from Netflix, Tiger King. Right now, myself and co-host Brandon Skelton chat with him and also would like to give him thanks for his service in the United States Armed Forces. We salute you and here we go with the interview. Totally stoked on the podcast. The real Tiger King is with us. Saf is here. How you doing? I'm very well, sir. How are you guys? We're great. Uh, first of all, thank you for taking the time. Let me just say, um, you know, being the 4th of July, uh, thank you for your service. Uh, we really appreciate and honored that you uh, took the time to do that. Uh, first question, do you have any exciting 4th plans uh, so far? <laughs> you know, my, my kids love fireworks. Um, uh-huh. Here in California, there's a lot of places that, you know, you can't have them. So we're probably just going to find the best view and, and enjoy it from afar. Um, I'm not a big fan. Um <laughs> But again, the kids are so. Absolutely, and with the you know the COVID nineteen running rampant and everything, it's it's kind of hard to enjoy really anything right now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, and with that, you know, like I said, with your service, uh, you were in the army, right? Now, uh, may I ask what your experience was in the service? So well, I was just kind of curious because I could tell you had an authoritative presence because you were so calm and collective on the show, so it just totally made sense. I appreciate that. Yes, I uh, I sent. Oh, six years, over six years in the service, right out of high school, I joined. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, you know, I, I deployed. I, I did. I got to the rank of E5, which is sergeant. And so I did. I did have people or soldiers that worked under me but with me. Um, wow. I, I'd say my experience in the military, more so than anything else, was just 
redefining my character as a person, you know. Um, it was my way and my very disciplined way of finding myself, you know. I was a reckless child, so it was necessary. <laughs> well, it, it turned out for the best because uh, you're one bad mamma jamma because, um, like I said, uh, all the stuff you went through, and I noticed, and like I said, uh, it, it totally makes sense that you had that discipline because the way you handled out of all of that organized chaos, you seem to be the most level-headed in the bunch. So uh, that, that that was my favorite part, the way you handle things. But let's uh, before we get too far into that, um, no more. So no more uh, tiger handling for you right now. You just live in California, or what's that story? Yeah, well, you know, when I left Oklahoma, um, it was it was a little while after I left the zoo. I left in 2020, the beginning of 2020, and um, I left the zoo in 2018. So for those couple of years I was very lost you know the the zoo was 10 years of my life um it was my life uh so I tried my best to continue to be able to work with the animals through the associations that I've made within the industry um but yeah nothing professional I'm obviously here in California and not working with animals as they're pretty strict in California as far as exotic animals um so yeah just kind of trying to find you know my place as as dad and and you know husband in the home instead of tiger wrestler <laughs> <laughs> yeah i understand now uh, let me your title said you were the were you the man you were the zoo manager for joe or what exactly was your title i was yeah i was a bunch of different things uh for joe when i first started there i was literally just someone who was on a crew that cleaned up tiger poop and scrubbed water pools <laughs> you know yeah. um and after 10 years i was just the park manager who cleaned up poop and scrub water bowls. <laughs> you just had the you just had the title. Um what what is it like handling a tiger? Uh, uh Brandon and I are two uh country guys out of Middle Tennessee close to Nashville. We don't have an abundance of tigers running around just right. And stuff. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. I actually just drove through Tennessee. Beautiful nice. country. I love it. I absolutely love Tennessee, but it's uh driving from west to east it's pretty long <laughs> yeah exactly um, but yeah I, I can't even explain to you the the feeling of uh of being in the presence of a full-grown tiger you know just knowing that at any given second he can overpower you he can yeah. outthink you he can you know outrun you um every single thing about him is greater than you but yet he allows you to be in his presence so if you can imagine that you know that's that's what i felt every single second of every single day i worked with those magnificent animals Incredible. Yeah, yeah and uh, you took, I could tell you took so great care of them. Uh, one thing they didn't show that I was always wondering about was, like, what kind of litter boxes did they have? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say uh, the litter boxes are basically their entire cage, but you'd be surprised. These animals, just, just the same as your domestic cats, they don't want their poop where they're eating, you know, they don't want their poop where they're sleeping. So they basically just all went and did their business in one corner and made it pretty easy for me to clean it up. Hey, can't beat that. That's awesome. See, yeah. see, I don't know. Like I said, I've uh, the only tigers I've seen was at the Grassmere Wildlife Zoo, and they always mm-hmm. seem to be sleeping. Those guys mm-hmm. love to sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, well, captive captive animals, man. They they just get into this mindset of ah, I don't got to do anything, you know. So <laughs> yeah. I can imagine that. <laughs> well, let me let me ask you this. Uh, of course, we know with the with the show. I mean, it blew up. Millions of watched. Millions loved. And you know, how has it been for you post show and it, and it going out on Netflix? I mean, just how have you handled the fame and what's the experience been like? People recognizing you in the public and and those things. 
Yeah, um, it's incredible. From my personal standpoint, everything that I've seen, every response that I've gotten has been incredibly positive. Um, So for me, it's been a very very blessed and very humble experience. Um, I've obviously never been able to walk into public and have just complete strangers walk up and know exactly who I am. So that (laughs) is a a very new experience for me, for my children. Um, But taking it in stride, you know, navigating it best I can because I think that because of the positivity, the only thing I can do is make the best of it, you know, um, for for my sake, for the general public's sake, and for my children's sake. You know, this is a a wonderful thing happening to me, and I want to make the best of it for sure. Yeah, that's that's awesome, and uh, and, and I could tell you you do positive with you. So you're saying, like, you're approachable. Like, if I happened to saw you in Tennessee and started geeking out and, and, and begging you for a picture, <laughs> you'd oblige. You wouldn't, like, push me away. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know, and, and don't get me wrong. I'm a very reserved person by nature. Um, I have been my entire life, you know. As reckless as I am, I kind of stick to myself. Um, not much of a people person, obviously, why I work with animals. Um, but, you know, at some point in – my life, I should say, I I realized that, you know, you have to take the positivity, you have to take the good while you got it, you know, and and I didn't want to shut it down and I didn't want to push that away because it's incredibly bold of people to step up to a perfect stranger the way that they do. Um, So I absolutely invite it. Uh, If you ever see me in public, please do come up and say hi. It'll make my day. It'll make my day. I've listened to different folks give their you know be interviewing about doing a show and watching it once it comes out and that kind of thing what what was that like what was you thinking about just watching yourself on the show and just that whole experience and you know and and knowing too as you're watching it's the biggest thing going on in america so or in the world actually <laughs> yeah yeah that was pretty surreal for me as well you know kind of uh watching it i actually watched it after it came out so majority of the world watched it before I did I knew it was coming out you know the producer had told me beforehand I just never really got around to it Mm -hmm. um so of course when I'm watching it I've already got this this mindset of you know the entire world has seen it and they're all talking about um yeah I think I think the biggest thing was knowing that that was I mean that was my life almost 10 years my I mean that was my everything you know and they showed so little of it (laughs) Really? Um, yeah. They were obviously trying to tell a particular story. Everything they showed was was very true. Everything they showed was actual events. You know, every person they they portrayed or every person they depicted, that's exactly how they are in real life. Um, but there's so much more to everybody and so much more to everything than they showed. Um, so yeah, it was. I think it was exciting and a little bit. Uh, I was anxious as well. <laughs> so a combination of that. Yeah. Well, uh, just a question for you here about that. You know, since, since you know, I mean, the, I know the, the whole country just looks forward to the Uncharted podcast coming out each week. I mean, it's a total fire. Uh, but uh, for our listening audience, I mean, is there something that, you know, something about yourself, something about the show that wasn't, or others from the show that didn't come out that you would like our listening audience to hear about right now? Just, uh, you know, some insider information for, for yeah. Yeah. I mean, insider information, more than anything I wanted people to know is that there, again, I'll repeat myself, there is so much more to everybody, you know. Um, I'm not sitting here saying that Carol Baskin is a horrible person. I'm not sitting here saying that, you know, Joe Exotic is this, you know, animal abuser. I'm not saying that Jeff Lowe's a perv, you know. 
these are just these are just people that I knew. These are real people. Um, they've all made some horrible mistakes, just the same as I have, and they've all done some incredible things too. Um, in this animal industry, I think people and and I'm so glad that people are paying more attention to it. But people don't understand it's there's more controversy than there is anything else. You know, everyone from the get go knows or thinks that everything we're doing is wrong. Um, all I knew is that I was able to live my dream every single day. One thing that it has brought to light for me is that maybe that's not the best way to go about it. I just didn't know any better, you know? So it was a life lesson for me as well. Um, I would love to see the other side here in America. All we know of these exotic animals is captivity. You know, you don't have wild tigers in America. (laughs) There's just, there's not. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, I would love to see them in the wild, you know, that's that's definitely something that uh I took away from that the most, I believe. Uh-huh. And and, and uh, you know, uh uh bringing back like uh, to to your service, do you think the discipline you gathered while you were in the army helped you with all of the countless hours and all of the agility you had to go through to take care of these uh beautiful big creatures? Oh, absolutely. You know, um I have I have worked hard my entire life, but definitely my work ethic was was refined in the military for sure um but a lot of you know just the the going into everything kind of head first you know not not really worrying about consequences that that's just me as a kid i have been reckless my whole life you ask me not to do something i'll i'll do it twice you know just <laughs> <laughs> so but no definitely you know everything in my life influenced the way that i am you know today the way that i was during that time um and a lot of people say, you know, out of the bunch, you just seem the most down to earth. But, you know, with with a bunch like that, it's not hard to do, right? Joe is yeah. very loud and very colorful, you know, and Carol <laughs> is not your, your next door neighbor, you know. So yeah. it was it was easy for me to kind of fall into the, the relatable, you know, <laughs> normal person, as they say. But let me yeah. tell you something about these people, man. They're, they're incredible. I've had some of the best experiences in my life right there on that part, you know, and, um, and I'll, I'll never forget it. So, yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, they had to obviously embellish it and make it like a right. real life drama. So people would be hooked in it, but I, I could tell, you know, there's camaraderie, there's a sense of family there. And speaking of you, like being the most normal, you would have gotten through the whole show unscathed without any, uh, controversy until of course this arm scene that just took us <laughs> all by storm, uh, episode number two, you talk about freaking out, watching that on the computer. Let's uh, let, let's can we go ahead and uh, we, we got to know about that. We got to have some information. That oh yeah, that's got to be one of the craziest things I've ever seen. You know, as far as investing in any show ever in real life. And I and I got to thank you uh, before we talk about that scene because now how long was it you took off from work uh, after after that happened? Like four hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, four, four and a half. Okay. Well, you gotta have lunch break. Yeah, I threw in a I threw in a thirty minute lunch break. You know, I was hungry. Um, (laughs) You know, it happened. It happened on Saturday, the fifth of October. Um, On uh, Monday, the seventh of October, I had my hand amputated, and I was back to work on the twelfth of October. Well, I I I manage a, a gym, so if I have anybody try to call out for. You know, sinus infection or whatever. I'm gonna be like, yeah. I know someone that yeah. had their arm ripped off and, and 
You know, man, let me tell you something. I, I, I think in any other situation, you know, if it had happened in any other situation where it wasn't something that I knew was was pressing the longer I stayed in that hospital, um, I probably would have, you know, paid attention and been mindful of the the doctor's orders and just, I mean, common sense, you know, take, take some rest. Um, but I knew the longer I stayed in the hospital, the bigger of a story it was going to be. I knew that that tiger couldn't speak for itself. I knew yeah. that the only way I'd be able to interact the way that I do with these animals was right there on that park. And I didn't want to lose any of that. I didn't want to put that tiger in jeopardy. I didn't want to put any of those animals in jeopardy. Um, so that definitely played a very big part in my decision to return so quickly, um, yeah. in my decision to ignore doctor's orders, you know. Um, but, man, it, I would not have changed that even today. I would not have changed it. Same situation, you know. The only thing that would have changed it is if no one's life um, was on the line, you know. No one's anything was on the line. I wasn't the only one affected by that. So I had to make the best decision for everyone involved. Mm-hmm. Well, that just that's a testament to you and how you you know truly care and have a a genuine love for those you know because they are the majestic creatures and oh absolutely um, the the other question I had and I'm not wanting to bring up the memories but how how was your adrenaline pumping I mean what what was there pain surging through you because you seemed so calm like what was the feeling <laughs> after that happened yeah no it was it was painful you know and i'm sure there was adrenaline in place as well um but i'll tell you what i was obviously very conscious i I knew exactly what was happening every second it was happening um i think more so i wanted to get to a point where there was no chaos and there was no panic you know as much as i could given the situation um i knew that i had about nine crew members that for one just saw me got bit get bit by a tiger and yeah. there was still work on park that they were actively doing. They were in tiger cages, you know, empty tiger yeah. cages, but they were cleaning and feeding other tiger cages on that strip. Um, and on top of that, I also was open to the public at the time. So there were customers yeah. on park. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, so my my mental state was stay calm so that everyone around you stays calm because the more I panic, the more chaotic it's going to be. And that's the last thing I needed. Um, so, yeah. That's you know what I was, while you're talking, I'm thinking they need to make you a superhero. It's, they need to put you in a Marvel movie. That's exactly what you sound like to us. Because uh, I'm going to tell you, uh, one thing you would have heard after that happened, it would have sounded like a tremor because my 300-pound body would have passed out. <laughs> I, I would have been, that would have been the end of me. But um, uh, one thing is, and not to make light of it, but why was Joe wearing an EMT jacket? I mean, is he, like, certified to save the savior i mean just like out of nowhere you see an emt jacket yeah as long as i've known him he's he's told me that he used to be a paramedic down in texas i knew he was from texas that's where they moved from when they built the park in 1997 so yeah. um i never questioned it you know took him at his word it never really came into play until this documentary <laughs> yeah yeah I've sure. seen him wear that jacket and never once questioned it or never once you know you know thought anything of it um but now that people point it out, and I don't know if he ever was one, or, but the jacket wasn't necessary. Um, yeah. <laughs> and you know, that's just Joe, though. He definitely is a he's a he's a star. You know. Yeah, he's yeah. A star of his own show. Um, he always has been since I met him, and it was par for the course, honestly. Sure. <laughs> I just couldn't believe I just couldn't believe as you were lying there, he didn't say, 
uh, this is Carol Baskin's fault. You know, <laughs> this is all oh. Carol. Um, it's funny you say that. He did. You know, <laughs> he was like, fault. this would have never happened if Carol Baskin hadn't. Yeah, but uh, um, so uh, like I said, uh, I, I love the Tiger King, and, and Brandon enjoys it as well. And 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 you were my favorite because you just kicked the butt and. And like out of everybody there, you were like the anchor of normalcy, and I appreciate you. But um, uh, what happened for us is I got a letter from jail from Joe, and like got a million views from it. I read it in its entirety on the podcast. Everybody loved it. You know, he's wanting a pardon and asking for the president's pardon and all this. But do you still talk to anybody uh, from your past? Do you correspond with him while he's in prison, or talk to any of the other uh, people that you worked with or anything? Right, I. Do not. Um, up until this point, I do not. Um, I haven't since I left. I spoke to Joe once um, since he's been incarcerated just to speak uh, on his mother, who I went and visited. And, you know, I've known his parents as well as him for almost 10 years. I, I thought I owed it to them, you know, the decent thing to do. And I'm very glad I did because now his mother has passed. Oh, gosh. So at least we have that, you know, at least he has that. You know, like I said, at the end of all this, it, from a humanity standpoint, man, he's just a person. You know, regardless of what he did in his life, I mean, the justice system will prevail, but he's still just a person. You know, and I wanted to give him that. But yeah. on top of that, you know, or or from that, I, I haven't spoken to anyone from that zoo. When I left, I chose to completely disconnect. You know, it was the only way I knew to kind of cope with what I was doing. I mean, I was walking away from my life. You know, yeah. my 10 years, I was walking away from it. So mm-hmm. I had to disconnect. Um, but given the circumstances now, I'm I'm doing a couple of things events-wise with um, John Rinky, who is also the old park manager for the DW Zoo. Yeah, um, yeah. And he actually walked me through my amputation because he personally amputated both his legs. You know, so he's he's a he's a friend and he's a he's a great guy. And, and, yeah, I definitely look forward to working with him in the future. Um, yeah. Other than that, I just don't – I don't have anything else to say to anybody, and that's just kind of how I am. You know, again, I'm, I'm reserved by nature, and I, I don't really reach out if there's nothing to reach out for. Sure. You just let everybody come to you like me. I was like, there, I found you on Instagram. I was like, yay, I got you know, to get you. Um, but um, uh, your cameo has got to be blowing up. I bet you you're busy on that. It's been it's been incredible, <clears throat> and it's been absolutely a blast, man. Um, just being a part of people's day, you know. And yeah. So yeah, I'm excited about cameos, uh, especially because through cameo, I get to work with these organizations that usually I, you know, I wouldn't know how to even begin to work with. Um, every campaign for COVID, cameo works with, and I was able to participate in that. Um, the Black Lives Matter, I'm glad because of June, you know, June just happened. Uh-huh. I was able participate with these campaigns through Cameo, and that's pretty incredible. Um, it's the most I've done charity-wise in my entire life, um, which is both a very sad statement, but uh, I'm very proud of that as well. So yeah. I look forward to the future, for sure. Well, let me just say, I think you're a really awesome, righteous dude, and I'm proud to call you my friend. And if you're ever in Nashville, I'd love to hang out with you and, and, and get you some hot chicken as we have down through here. Hey, that sounds good. That sounds good. Yeah, Brandon's got one more question for you, and then we'll we'll let you get back to it. <laughs> okay, so uh, of course one big thing in the news about Carol uh, getting the zoo. I mean, what's what's your thoughts about Carol Baskin owning the the GW Zoo now? Well, I mean, it's obviously devastating. Um, just because I know Joe, 
and I know what it's doing to him. Um, I expected it just as I know Joe expected it because Carol did win a million-dollar lawsuit against Joe, um, and has to pay that somehow, you know. But it's sad because his entire work since 1998, you know, um, he built this park in memory of his brother. Him and his parents put everything, every single thing into it. Um, years of research, you know, years of controversy, years of adversity, and just to have it be, you know, taken away, and not just taken away, but given to someone in in that capacity, you know. Um, if you think about it, that's his enemy, more so, more so than not, and now she has his life's work. Yeah. It's pretty devastating, to be honest. Yeah, it is unfortunate, but, um, it, uh, you know, just, um, I... You know, with the quarantine, I watched it all in one sitting, and I feel like you're all my friends now. I know you're one of my friends, but you know, I just, uh, it was, I, you know, you can tell it's embellished from a realist like I am, but also you get invested in these characters and, and invested in the animals, and and hopefully uh, everybody will get like an olive branch and everything will be restored, hopefully peacefully uh, towards the end uh, and whatever happens. I hope so as well. You know, um, the the biggest thing that I hope everyone involved, including myself, finds from this is peace of mind. You know, um, so, yeah. Thank yeah. you. And that wraps up this very special Fourth of July weekend podcast, Josh Belcher Uncharted podcast. Would like to thank my guests, Joe Bouchard. Terry Corso, Saf from Tiger King, co-host Brandon Skelton, and most importantly, you, the listeners, because without you, none of this would be possible, would be pointless, would be no reason to do it, we would just be talking into the air. So I'd like to thank you, and I really hope that you and yours had a safe and happy holiday. May peace be with you, and in your hearts, I'm praying wholeheartedly for our country. Um, We're in a rough patch right now, but hopefully we will prevail uh, with peace and understanding and a knowledge of each other and what we need to do to persevere in the greatest country that has ever existed in the history of history. Uh, I want to tell you that uh, I love you for you and where you're at in life. And if you know anybody that you think would be an awesome guest on the podcast, they can always hit me up at joshbelcher at hotmail.com. We will talk to anybody with a pulse, two ears, a nostrils, whatever. We welcome anyone and everyone that has an interesting story to tell. Okay, with that being said, I wish you a great week. Be safe and careful and happy and healthy, and we'll catch you later down the line. All right, peace out, Cub Scout, Girl Scout, whatever you are. All right, later.